Mindfulness Mode, Episode 44. Tune out what much of the world focuses on, because I'll tell you it's not mindfulness. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for the great reviews on iTunes. I'm going to read one by Glenn Leibowitz. He says, take a deep breath and get ready to become more mindful. Bruce has produced an outstanding program around a topic all of us should devote more time to, mindfulness. His relaxed style puts his guests and listeners immediately at ease. Enjoy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Jenny Fennig on the line today. Hey, Jenny, are you in mindfulness mode? Yes, and namaste, Bruce. Ah, perfect. Yes, Jenny Fennig is a yogi and a fun-spirited woman who loves helping other women find their calling, whether it's through entrepreneurship yoga, or their own personal journey. Jenny left a successful corporate six-figure job as an event planner seven years ago and has never looked back. She rebuilt her life from the ground up as an online entrepreneur using her knowledge of yoga and her corporate planning expertise to help other women get more out of life. Jenny is also host of the suitably named podcast Get Gutsy. So, hey, Jenny, tell Mindful Tribe, what excites you most these days? Mm, My gosh, Bruce. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. And as you had introduced me, I said, I did the math. I'm like, it's actually eight years ago, more than eight (laughs) years ago that I left that corporate life. Um, We actually just hit the, the anniversary of that recently. And I'm not sure that I celebrated it as much as I could have or should have. Uh, so what what really excites me is the fact that I get to live my life every single day exactly the way that I desire. I get to get up when I want to get up. I can get my kids off to school and make a difference using my God-given gifts and talents. That to me gets me excited every single day. It has for the last eight years since I transitioned out of that quote safe corporate life that I'm so very grateful for, but now having this freedom to be able to call my own shots and impact the world exponentially using just what I feel comes so naturally to me and is so enjoyable, that will continue to fuel me and excite me every day for the rest of my life. Ah, that is just super. So Jenny, tell Mindful Tribe, what inspired you to begin the practice of mindfulness? Well, for me, Bruce, it was yoga. It was that practice of yoga. You introduced me, said I'm a yogi, and I've been practicing yoga for 13 years. I always felt like I was kind of a stressed out individual growing up. I tended to gravitate towards, you know, high pressure situations. I was a a great student in school. I was a leader. I tended to want to be, you know, head of whatever I was involved in because that's just who I am. That's how I'm wired. I, Mm -hmm. I am wired to serve. And so with that, when I was younger came pressure and, and stress and, you know, deadlines and deliverables and people depending on me and looking to me for answers and, for me to complete the thing that was kind of hanging out, needing to be completed, if you will. And I didn't have the tools when I was younger to know how to manage that. So I often would turn to unhealthy things like alcohol, like drugs, and uh, often like saying negative things to myself. If things, you know, didn't go perfectly, I would, I would, 
get hard on myself and, and you just horrible with the things I would say to myself, what I allow myself, how I'd allow myself to treat myself. And I realized that was unsustainable and it wasn't right. And it just, I wasn't going to do it anymore. I started waking up to that. And when I was in college, I first kind of dabbled in yoga. I actually was in a stress management course. I took an entire semester's course called stress management because I was very stressed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to like learn how to do this better because, you know, there's a lot that I want to do in the world. There's a big impact that I, that I want to make. And so I took a whole course on that and we were able to choose one, one tool that could help alleviate stress. And we were divided into groups. And so for our group, I said, I want us to do yoga. Like I just brought it up. And so I went to my first yoga class and I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) They were doing like alternate nostril breathing, which is called Nadi Shodhana breathing. And I was just like, this is weird. They've got snot flying out of their nose. And where am I? And they're chanting. And I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready, but yet I was, my soul was saying, explore this, explore this. So we did the presentation for the class. We had a local yoga teacher show up and, and then I kind of forgot about it. Again, I wasn't quite ready to devote myself to that practice. And so several years went by, I eventually made it to New York City. I went there straight after college graduation, actually. Mm -hmm. And about a year in, again, high pressure job, public relations executive working on huge clients, like Mm -hmm. Fortune 500 clients, and realizing I need something because this, this, what I'm trying to do right now is not working. And so I really dove into it again and I realized how it made me feel. And, you know, for that hour, hour and a half class, I didn't feel stressed anymore. I could release, I could exhale, I could feel good about myself. And yoga wasn't about competition. It wasn't like who could hold the pose longer, who looked better in it, you know, and that was such a change for me. Mm -hmm. And I found that I just, I just surrendered and I wanted to keep going and keep going and keep going. So I've been a devoted student for 13 years. I actually got certified as a yoga teacher back in 2007 when I was really unhappy in that corporate job. And that is the catalyst that allowed me to quit that six-figure job without a plan other than I'm going to follow the path to happiness and I will figure this out. So through yoga, did you learn to meditate? Yes, Oh, yes. And so do you meditate on a regular basis, Jen? I do. I do. And I actually just interviewed um, an amazing gal, Natalie McNeil, who has a, a book coming out called The Conquer Kit. And she's also a yogi and very into meditation and mudras. And And she said something that I totally resonated with, which is, um, you know, every day my life is a meditation. And so that's how I feel. I'm at that point because I've been such a devoted student of this practice of, of yoga, which includes meditation that literally I can go to the grocery store, that's a meditation. I can go into a restaurant and hear the song that's on the, you know, the sound system and and allow me to realize like I am living the soundtrack of my life right now. I feel so divinely called and led. And so I feel like every day is this giant meditation for me because I'm bringing intention and consciousness into it. But yes, I also do sit down and, and meditate and I listen to guided meditations and I lead them for my clients and students as well. And it's it's just beautiful and divine. And anyone who's listening who hasn't done it yet, don't be afraid. It's very, it's very, you think it's going to be harder than it is. And your mind does want to race. And we have what I call monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And so it feels very drunk at times. You know, the thoughts are just like over here and over here and pay attention to me. And you feel, you can feel very uh, disheveled and uh, kind of discombobulated from the thoughts that go on, which we all have. But the, the meditation and the stillness and just bringing it down a notch and coming to that place of quiet and listening to the inner voice that will make all the difference. 
Jenny, you mentioned about surrendering, and I'm wondering if you can go into a little bit more detail and help Mindful Tribe understand how you learn to surrender through mindfulness and meditation. Yes, thank you for asking that, Bruce. You know, this year I, I've has been <laughs> what I consider to be just this epic year. We're recording this in, in 2015 towards the end, and uh, it's really been the most gorgeous year of my life, and I've, I've, I've led a pretty interesting life. Uh, I've had what I call a spiritual awakening this year. I've had a number of these, but but yes, for, for sure, this year has been just epic on many levels. And a key piece of that has been the art of surrender. I read a book that I recommend all listeners get. It's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. I don't know if you read it, Bruce, but he also, he read, he wrote another book called The Untethered Soul. That was kind of his first original. This is his most recent Mm -hmm. and it cracked me open so much that I even, I gave the book to every client in my mastermind, which is called Glow, which we just kicked off. I gave every client in there. I'm like, you, this is required reading. Okay. So that book just cracked me open and and the surrender really what it is, is trusting that there's a greater plan than even you could conceive of. Okay. Mm -hmm. I believe as, you know, entrepreneurs, if that's where you are, just leaders within your work, right? Leaders within your community, within your family, what have you. We, we are blessed with vision and it, it is important to have vision and to live with vision. And we must learn to embrace the art of surrender. Surrender to me means trusting that God's will for me is greater than what I could develop on my own. It's realizing that I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to be in the driver's seat. I don't have to be, you know, the perfect one or the one with like, you know, all my I's dotted and T's crossed. But to trust that there is a grander plan than I could, could ever conceive of with my rational, logical mind. Mm, that all makes such great sense. Now, is that the same as the law of allowing? You know, I'm not totally familiar with that law. Tell me more about it, Bruce. Well, the law of allowing is very similar to what you've described. It's just about accepting and about having faith and giving up that that striving that you're trying so hard to make certain things happen and you try so hard it just doesn't happen a lot of times or if it does it's barely worth it because of all that incredible effort you're putting into it yeah it sounds like that it really does it's truly about you know and it's such a diet it's kind of like flipping an old idea on its head. You know, those of us who were, again, you heard me kind of tell my story. I was just, I was a leader and I was anointed as that. And people looked at me as that. And I liked it, you know, identified with that. And much of my success has come from me pushing and hustling and going for it and, you know, working through pain or working through exhaustion. And this year especially was one where I, I really released into that and I surrendered and realized that, you know, I'm allowed to take that break. And I'm a, and often it's when we do that, then things start miraculously occurring. Like today I went and got, you know, a manicure and pedicure. You know, this was something I, I, I'm going to do this for myself or easing right. into this gorgeous time of year. And instead of just like hustling because I've got a babysitter here and I've got, you know, several hours of where my kids are taking care of because they're not in school today. I'm going to receive and be taken care of. And guess what? As a result, you know, my assistant got in touch with me and said, you know, we're in, we're in the midst of launching something right now. And, and, you know, we had gals who were ready to enroll. And so it was just great. I can, I can just receive and allow and surrender and trust that it's not by me hustling harder and, you know, working to the point of exhaustion that the success will come. It's simply trusting that everything is lining up 
as it should. Because I've, I've done the work. I've done the work. I, I, I pray. I meditate. I have faith. And I am fully trusting that all is, you know, the universe is realigning itself for everyone's highest good right now. Oh, that is so fantastic. So, Jenny, how do you use mindfulness with your children and your own family on a day-to-day basis? Mm, I love this question. Yeah, I have three kids. They're young. <laughs> they <laughs> they turn to me for a lot of things. You know, yes. uh, one is not able to get dressed or really, you know, get her food without me helping. So, right. uh, you know, it's it's a trip. It's a trip every day. And so what I'll say to them when things start getting a little, you know, crazy, a little mm-hmm. crazy in the house is, okay, let's take a deep breath. You know, I use breath a lot. And that's something that I very much got in touch with when I dove into yoga. You know, let's take a deep breath together. Deep inhale, deep exhale. And sometimes they'll look at me like, mom, but I know it's penetrating. Mm-hmm. I know it's penetrating. So a piece of being a leader and going on this path of mindfulness is not always looking for external validation or approval immediately or even ever. It's just knowing, hey, I'm putting this out there because the world needs it. There's a lot of frantic activity out right now. There's a lot of people who are in pain, who are depressed, who are very frustrated. They don't have the tools. Okay. And so when we have these tools, it's not only our job to use them for ourselves and our immediate world, but to touch as many lives as we can. So the breath is an amazing place to start. It's so simple. We're breathing right now. And I would guarantee you that the majority of the world is not conscious that they're breathing. Right. Right. Well, you're right. There's so much frantic activity out there. And I think I think social media and so much of our online world has really added to that. And do you find that you're able to relax yourself through breathing when it comes to social media and all those kinds of contributors? Yes. Breathing helps a lot, as does keeping this three part checklist in mind. I believe it comes from the Buddhist tradition. Mm -hmm. Bruce and I actually spoke about it on one of my recent podcast episodes. I do solo episodes on my podcast as Mm -hmm. well as interviewing guests like you do. And I shared it and it was just felt so good to share it because I've been practicing it for so many years and I often forget that not everybody knows it. Not everybody practices it, but it can get you, it can avoid a lot of troublesome situations for you. And it's this, before you speak and even before you respond on social media, Ask yourself, is this true? Is this kind? Is this necessary? Is this true? Is this kind? Is this necessary? That gets you into a place of responding versus reacting. Again, vast majority of the world reacts. Right. Okay. And there are times when reactions are the best course of action, like when your child is about to run into traffic or, you know, something really horrible could occur, um, really dangerous could occur. You need to react fast, but you can still do it in a mindful way. And if you can take that place of, am I responding or am I reacting right now? Like literally just a gut check, a couple seconds, you know, and when you practice it over and over again, and that's why yoga and mindfulness meditation, all that is so helpful because you can apply it to every situation and, you know, really put that three point checklist in front of you. True, kind, necessary, true, kind, necessary, Absolutely. Boom. Yeah. Wow. That is very powerful. And you're right. So many of us react when we really, when really should be stopping to think about how we're reacting for sure. So I want to talk about, about mindfulness in a different way. I'm just wondering if you've ever had a time in your life when you just felt some of this wasn't working. Did you, and how did you deal with it if that happened? That the mindfulness stuff wasn't working? Yes. Yes. 
Well, often it'll feel like it's not working when other people in your life aren't embracing it. You know, uh, yes. you know what I'm saying? It's like, we want, we, you, you get it. And this happened for me when I was totally falling in love with this yoga practice. You know, again, I was a student for about six years before I chose to train to become a yoga teacher. And this was when I was working so hard, you know, so hard. It was in such a stressful, pressure-filled environment in my last corporate job, which mm-hmm. again, very thankful for, learned so much, really trained me to become an entrepreneur because of the different elements I was involved in in that last job. But the environment itself was totally opposite to my yogic world that I was now immersed in because I was in this 200-hour yoga teacher training. And so for me, when I realized it wasn't working was the fact that I couldn't be me and really who I was designed to be, destined to be in this environment that wasn't for me anymore. I couldn't fully be myself and touch the lives I was meant to touch had I stayed there. And so I I will will never forget that day, Bruce, when I walked into the office and I didn't plan on quitting that day. I had planned on quitting many other days and I didn't do it. (laughs) 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 Okay. Cause I kept, you know, something would happen and I'm like, okay, I'll stay. And they, I get more money now or get a new title or, you know, all these things that we start second guessing ourselves and just making amends and just making excuses. And on that particular day, I was just about to go into another weekend training, like Saturday and Sunday all day. I'd be at this yoga teacher training with my, with my crew of fellow teacher trainees and something happened that day. And I just remember it was like, Oh, my whole body just knew. I absolutely knew that today was the day because my mindfulness wasn't going to fly anymore in this environment. Like everything mm-hmm. I was doing, it was, it was like, it was deteriorating when I would walk into the door. And, uh, and I just knew if I don't do it this day, I cannot look at myself in the mirror anymore. I can't. And that's when I knew I, I, I jumped off that cliff. It was terrifying and liberating all at the same time. And so, you know, when you walk this path and I've had many conversations with others who have discovered mindfulness, discovered, you know, conscious living and, we often will find that we're in situations that run um, counter to the work that we're doing with our souls, with our spirits. And there comes a point when you need to walk away. And uh, I've helped many people through that fire, (laughs) through the work that I do. And uh, if that's where you are, dear listener, just know that you'll be okay. And the world needs you to embrace this truth that you have experienced for yourself. And it's so needed and it's so, it's so desired. And uh, I send you a lot of love on your journey. Oh, that's so great. So great. Jenny, as a corporate planner, you've booked people like Tony Robbins, Malcolm Gladwell, Ken Blanchard. So what did you learn about mindfulness from rub- rubbing shoulders with some of these great people? Wow. Great question. Hmm. Well, each one of them was very, very different. Tony Robbins was a force, a force of nature. What mm-hmm. I learned from him is he he really runs his own show. He brought in his own AV team. He was just very clear, I do my work this way and you need to make room for it. And so I learned from him on that, that when you know that this is your thing, you need to be very clear on this is what I need to, to do this in a fantastic way to to just give the audience what they deserve. Okay. That's what I learned from, from him, from Ken Blanchard in particular, he was probably the kindest man I have ever met in that capacity when it came to speakers of that keynote caliber level. Mm -hmm. Um, I had him speak at two of my events and 
each time he would come in and the night before he was scheduled to speak, he would call me on my cell phone and let me know that he had arrived. No other speaker did this. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is distinctly him. He would call me and let me know that he had arrived. He was in his hotel room. All was well, which I thought was so kind because as a producer, you're kind of like, are all my speakers here? Is everyone Mm -hmm. okay? You have so many balls that are up in the air. He would call me. And then before he would hang up the phone, he would say, God bless you. I just loved that. And at that time, Bruce, I wasn't, you know, like my relationship with with God has evolved so much through the years. And this year in particular, it's deepened so much that it it literally just takes my breath away, brings me to tears when I think about it. And so when he was saying that to me, I was just kind of like, what? You know, I was a little, I was, I thought it was beautiful, but I was also a little bit like thrown, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm like, okay, Mm because that's not a common thing that would come out of a lot of my keynotes mouths. Right. And, uh, and he would say every time he would say that to me. And so that's what I, that's what I learned from him is that they each had their own style. Malcolm Gladwell was just very clear. Like this is the way that he rolls. He had, you know, like, you know, we paid these guys and they, they asked a fee and that's what they were paid. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, sure. here it is. And so, so for me, with many of them, it was just, here's, they had standards, they had boundaries, they had, this is the way that I roll. This is how I'm going to show up to do my best work. And so you're either on board with it or you're, or you're not. And so a key for, with mindfulness as well is to know who you are, know where you stand and allow the world to, to, to respond to you in kind, to meet you where you are. Right. And I've been speaking for a long time on bullying prevention. And, and that's one of the things I learned early on is set boundaries as a speaker, you know, let yes. your audience know what this is what I expect. This is what I need you to do. And, and yeah. when I first realized that, wow, it made a big, big difference. Now, Jenny, you've written a book called Get Gutsy, A mm-hmm. Sacred Fearless Guide for Finding Your Soul's Calling and Living Your Dream. I love that title. I'm wondering, Jenny, if the practice of mindfulness helped you succeed as an author as you wrote that book. Big time. Big time. You know, writing a book is an epic pursuit. Yes. For this first book, and I, I know I've got more in me. There's, there's so many. Um, but for this first book, I chose to write it and then self-publish it because I just knew that that was what I needed to do for mm-hmm. this piece of work. And so the mindfulness piece for me allowed me to stay focused because I didn't have anyone outside of me saying, okay, it's due now. I did hire a book writing coach who you know did very much crack the whip for me, but I didn't have a publisher saying, all right, here's the deadline. We've got to get, you know, it was me. It was me. And the story was, was pulling me forward, you know, very much. This was a co-creative effort with, uh, with source and I have various spirit guides. And so it really was this collaborative effort and I had a team and all that, but, but yeah, the mindfulness thing was, was literally listening to the inner voice as I told that story and being courageous and gutsy enough to bring the, my truth to the page and uh, trusting that this story needed to be told and that there would be a lot, a lot of readers who would be so grateful for me investing the time, money, and energy into making it real. And don't you feel vulnerable sharing yourself on the page like that? You bet. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. But that's the that's the secret. Yeah. It, you know, if you're not willing to be vulnerable, then you're just going to scratch the surface. And the more that we can be vulnerable in our work, whether it be through our book, through our speaking, through our social media posts, through the courses that we're going to launch, through, you know, the client work that you do, the more that we can be vulnerable, the more trusted you are, the more connected you allow others to feel to you. And that truly is the secret to especially to, to writing a book 
is to bring that truth to the page and, you know, walk. I, I took a uh, retreat with a, an amazing writing uh, teacher once, and she really said, you know, you walk the edge of the knife, with mm. which is like an interesting feeling, right? You to walk the edge of the knife, and so you're constantly just you're, you're you're walking that. Your work should it should freak you out a bit, you know. You should you should be a little nervous before you press publish or send. If not, you're holding back, and you, you really have to bring it. If you're going to go through all the effort to doing this thing, it's got to scare you a bit then you know you are truly being of service. You're truly uh, willing to kind of be naked. Yeah. Yeah, this is just gold, Jenny, that you're sharing with us. So Mindful Tribe, just I hope you're like tuned in like crazy because this is such excellent advice that Jenny is giving us as a as a person and as a coach as well. Jenny, I mentioned that I've been involved in bullying prevention, and I wonder if you have a story that is involved with bullying that you could share with us. Yeah, so you know, for, for me, as I knew you were going to ask something around this, and what comes to mind right now is, you know, my work as a mother. Mm-hmm. And again, having these three children, my daughter's too young to really be involved in this quite yet. But my, my sons are six and four mm-hmm. and they're in school. And and I hear their stories. And, you know, a lot of my a lot of our work as parents is listen. You know, you're just listening yeah. in. You're listening yep. in. And then you are jumping in or providing some guidance when you know that guidance is is required and kids don't know like they don't always understand the implications of their actions or their choices or their words and so when my kids might say well well you know we wouldn't let so and so play with us or you know we were kind of hiding and I said you know that's that's not something that we want to do we want to include Mm -hmm. um, our friends in our play because how would you feel if you wanted to play with so and so and so and so and they were hiding from you or saying that you couldn't play with them, how would that make you feel? And and they're not always going to say, oh, that would make me feel bad, mom. They might just, oh, mom, you know, but I know it's penetrating. I know it's getting in there. So for me, that that piece as a parent is to come in and point out what needs to be pointed out and to not miss that opportunity to help my children uh, be all they can be and to be and to be kind, to be kind, to be loving, to be inclusive, and to let them know, yeah, there's going to be people, but to not say to them, like, you're going to like every single person. You're not. You know, there's certain people, I, I experience this now, like, we, we don't like every no, single person we not. meet. You know, that's ridiculous. That's right. But we can always be kind. We can always be kind, even if someone isn't kind back to us. That's not you know, the litmus test will only be kind to you if you're kind to me. No, I can be kind to you because usually when people aren't being kind to us, they are going through some kind of pain. They're in a really dark place and we can, we can still be kind back. So for them, it's, it's just being that, that, that mother that, you know, they, that maybe they're not responding in the way that, you know, I'm not looking for instant feedback or instant gratification, but knowing it's in there because I hear them, Bruce, it'll be sometimes weeks later and they'll say something that I've said. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned that empathy piece because it's so important with with bullying and to help children understand what empathy really means. And you're obviously doing that with your own. So that's fantastic. Jenny, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? 
It would be my sister, Julie, who passed away when I was a teenager. I was 16 and she was 12. I tell mm. that whole story in my book, Get Gutsy, mm. her sickness. She had cancer mm. and I watched the way that she weathered that, that illness. Um, and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've just seen how gorgeous that was and how she was a, she was a girl of faith. Mm-hmm. And she's allowed me to develop my faith and my mindfulness because I know that served her well during her short yet perfectly orchestrated life because she's still impacting people today more than 20 years after her passing. Wow, isn't that incredible? How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Jenny? Well, that's, that's gorgeous. I am able to, to really be in my body. And to feel things, because I, I wasn't always able to do that when I was younger. I, I allow myself to feel things, but I also allow things to pass through me. And that's something I learned from Michael A. Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, is allow things to pass through us. We don't want things to get stuck. That is when we start getting stuck in our lives. That's when we start manifesting dis-ease in our body. And so mindfulness allows things to simply flow through me. Tell us how breathing, and you've mentioned a little bit about this already, but tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Mm. Every breath I take, conscious, inhale, exhale. I do this so much with my clients and students now. I'm so grateful to be able to lead them through this practice. And with my children, as I mentioned, you know, everyone from this episode, literally, if you start being mindful around that, today your world will change, guaranteed. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? Mm, the Surrender Experiment. Right. I figured that would be it. Yeah, and a- my book, Get Gutsy. You know, oh, yeah, plug, plug for the book, Get Gutsy. Those two, those two will get you well on your way. For sure. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Mm, well, yes. Asana.com. <laughs> that's well, that's my project management tool, but it allows me to be mindful because I'm not worried that I'm forgetting stuff. Okay. Yes. It's all there and it's just gorgeous because it's like I can just brain dump in there and I know that everything is being tracked and my team is on it and all of that. The other app that I love is Insight Timer. Yes. Um, which is, you, you might have had that talked about on your show, Bruce. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's For those of you especially who are newer to meditation, you can just click on that. It's free. They have guided meditations and or you can just set timers and you will be meditating. So there's no excuse like I don't want to do it. I don't know how to do it. Like Insight Timer app, get that on your phone and then, you know, start with a five-minute guided meditation. You know, just start there. And as soon as you start, you're just, oh, you'll you'll exhale and you'll realize what a gift this is. And when you invest time, it gives you time. It's this beautiful kind of crazy thing that occurs. You're going to love it. It really is great. What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Mm, start today. Start today. No excuses and tune out what much of the world focuses on because I'll tell you it's not mindfulness. And you'll start recognizing that, especially when you really get into this practice. You start developing what I call a witness mentality, an observer mentality. That's what meditation allows you to do. You'll see how so much of the world is kind of engaging in things that aren't healthy and high vibration and it's not to be in judgment of those people or think that you're better that's not what this is about it's simply to be that witness and to you know be the change you wish to see in the world as as gandhi said you know it's really just to be this the more that you do this the more you will impact people in your life even those who you think are not open It's, it's really extraordinary 
Right. Jenny, it has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today. And, and I mean, we're so fortunate to learn all these golden nuggets from you that you've been sharing. And I'm inspired by what you've done in your life. Tell us here at Mindful Tribe, how can we learn more about what you do and connect with you? Sure, sure. So thank you, Bruce. This has been extraordinary. I love the theme of your show. It's so important. And I wish you all the blessings as you continue to spread thank this you. message. So yeah, definitely y'all check out my book at Gutsy. That's on Amazon. I love to give everybody a really cool, beautiful, like one page PDF uh, gift, if that's okay with you, Absolutely. Bruce. It's just a great way. It's kind of like a synopsis of how to find and live your soul's calling in the world, because that's truly what what mindfulness allows you to do, mm-hmm. you can go to jennyfennig.com slash calling, jennyfennig.com slash calling, and you can uh, request that instantly uh, get it in your email. And I'm very active on Facebook. You can connect with me there as well as Instagram. Jenny Fennig is, is where you will find me and, you know, say hi, let me know who you are and how these uh, tips have, have helped you today. Oh, Jenny, it's been great. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.